0: Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is Not Your Mama's News. Hello, good evening, and welcome to our program. I'm your host, Keel Thor, for tonight's edition of Not Your Mama's News. Starring the Union of the Unknowns, Woo-hoo. with me today, uh, are a lovely group of folks. We have uh, Ashley Think Change Repeat, a woman of high sophistication, of course. Hello, we have a true Stella from the Land Down Under, Stella Q. Did I just say a true oh. Stella instead of a true yeah, Sheila? That'll do, Sheila. Yeah. low sophistication, whatever <laughs> it is. Stella, hello. <laughs> But most important of all, we have America's sweetheart, Justin the Ism cant. Good
1: night, mates.
0: <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs>
0: we've got a whole bunch of stories, so let's get a crack in. Let's uh, start with uh, Ashley.
2: All righty. So I have kind of a fun and interesting one today that... Um, I thought it would be extremely cool to be in this person's shoes. So an article out of the New York Post has um, reported that a man in Kentucky has discovered over 700 coins from the Civil War era on his rural farm. And to at least his credit from this article, he has remained anonymous and it does not give the exact location of his farm, which I think is smart Um, I would not want to, I wouldn't want to advertise that I had come into this kind of thing. So they, this is being nicknamed the Great Kentucky Horde, which I really like that. I think it sounds very cool. And if you go to GovMint, G-O-V-M-I-N-T, their YouTube channel, they actually posted a video of this man digging up the treasure so it's these 700 coins and they're being it's right in the dirt so they have been extremely well preserved and they're in very good shape there's a combination of one dollar twenty dollar and ten dollar gold coins and some of the rarest coins can command a six-figure price they are also available for purchase from g-o-v-m-i-n-t government and um, they apparently, like I said, there were 700 of these coins. So this person has really, really hit quite literally pay dirt and hopefully will benefit greatly from that. I mean, I, I love the idea of finding treasure. So that's, it's really cool to
1: me. Man, Keel has got to be pissed that they didn't make a reality <laughs> show out of that. I, <laughs>
0: Hey, who said they're not? They're probably filming the whole experience right now, and they'll be able to market that later too.
1: Well, it yeah. it does seem weird that they they were just randomly recording when the guy found it. That's is, true. Is that right? Because,
2: however, if he was with someone and he was digging, then he might have been like, "Hey, you need to get this. Look what we bought. It's I should I should go watch the YouTube video, but I have not done that yet.
3: So yeah, that might have been just nice to...
0: a bit of a reenactment." So there was actually a video of this guy finding the the coins? Yes, the the
2: video is on the G-O-V-M-I-N-T YouTube channel. So we can post a link to that as well, if anyone wants to check that out. Now, there was also a little bit of speculation as to why the coins would have been there. So apparently, Kentucky was a bit of a neutral place or declared neutral during the Civil War. However, it was mostly Union controlled. I knew
1: Kentucky was gay as shit.
2: (laughs) And they also said that, uh, just like a, a lot of other political issues, even that we have in today's same time, that the Civil War, as we know, pitted brother against brother. So they thought that this could have been, you know, a family. But after, who who knows what could have happened? You know, the family could have been ripped apart because of disagreements, or they could have been killed. They don't know what happened or who put the treasure there, but that's just speculation.
3: Is it possible that uh, that was stashed, you know, like hidden there and possibly in some sort of container that has since disintegrated or something like that? I mean, (laughs) unlikely they'd just throw a whole bunch of coins in a hole with no container. But um,
2: That's not a bad idea. I mean, it could have been in a a cloth sack or something like that or Mm. – Or depending on the situation, I mean, depending on how dire the need to escape was, it could have just been thrown in the ground. But you never know. Was there any
3: dates on those coins at all in the
2: article? So let's see here.
1: I wonder if it's going to come out in like four to six months that the coins were actually stolen from someone. (laughs)
2: Okay. So it looks like there is a date range, but 1863 is one of the dates. Um, so so the other thing that I wanted to throw in here is that this is extremely rare. And um, some of the people that are kind of, I guess they're doing cleaning and selling and valuing and all that stuff for this guy um, has said that even finding one of these coins is would be an absolutely huge huge event never mind like 700 like this so it looks like 1863 is let me just read the quote some of the rarest coins that they found 1863 p 20 dollar gold liberty coins can command a six-figure price and they dug up 18 of them in the bounty The coin is so rare because it does not feature the phrase, in God we trust, according to life science. The motto was added to all gold and silver currency in 1866 after the end of the Civil War. Just one coin is estimated to potentially go for six figures. So that's pretty incredible. The mm-hmm. other line here regarding dates is the importance of this discovery cannot be overstated as the stunning number of 700 gold dollars represents a virtual time capsule of Civil War era coinage, including coins from the elusive um, Dahlonega, Dahlonega Mint, finding one mint condition. The lot. La- Dahlonega, Dahlonega, okay. Finding one mint condition, 1863 double eagle would be an important pneumostatic event, he said. Finding nearly a roll of superb examples is hard to comprehend.
0: Yeah, I I hope this guy, uh, you know, invites uh, archeological team to come out and look at that site as well, because there could be a lot of other artifacts right there, Uh, keepsakes Mm. from the era that uh, they also buried to keep safe from the oncoming uh, army
2: right is
3: this in um, is this in like a farmer's place like where he was i don't know tractoring or
2: something yeah it's uh, they described it as a rural farm in kentucky so it said that um, the coins are from 1840 to 18. Sixty-two for some of them and the others are 1857 to 1862 and then as we saw there's some from 1863 as well wow, oh it looks here's amazing. 1850 to 1862 is the the date range so so
3: what, what are the laws over there does he get to uh are they claimed as his property or does he have to yep. hand them over to some sort of authority archaeological historical yeah society? it sounds
2: it sounds like he's keeping them that he is now going to be uh fairly well off individual and that's that's a good point i was going to say if that was me i probably wouldn't say anything i would just maybe try to sell one at a time or get it valued one at a time and i don't even know if i would want to let anyone know that i found it
3: i think keeping something like that a secret would be extremely difficult because of the rarity
1: yeah and then you'd be under
3: suspicion too probably for stealing them or something so probably best that he did come out
1: my conspiracy theory is that they got this from jeffrey epstein's island And this was just a clever way of them fencing it. Okay. And that's why the guy wants to stay anonymous.
0: For some context here, uh, in America, we own the property. So anything found on the property, historic or whatever, belongs to us. So if we just want to bulldoze over it, we can. If it's ancient mounds and stuff, bulldoze right over it. Um, Mm -hmm. If there's human remains found, typically, and this is handled state by state... You have to you know call the police because there's human remains on your property, yeah, um, and then that can get and there's also the indigenous um aspect yeah there can there are some some ways that if it's a significant enough indigenous site uh there can be a lawsuit and an injunction injunction and you you can be prevented from doing stuff to it um uh, but that that's pretty rare, I don't think that happens a whole lot um yeah but I'm... In in other countries, like for example in England, if you find an a hoard of gold coins like that, Francis Bacon buried in a car park. Yes, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the Crown, and they have and they get possession of it. Although you're compensated, I don't know how fairly, but yeah, I'm I'm, yeah,
3: I'm pretty sure that's the same in Australia, and um, it does lead to can't say this for sure but some construction sites you know it's sort of like if you find anything just keep your mouth yep, shut yep. Hey, because what? it can because it can then all of a sudden It'll it's stop. like huh, 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 huh. you know the they, SWAT well not the SWAT yeah. team but the historical society SWAT team come in and it's like okay everything stops right yeah, now they
1: just they just spent 30 million dollars building the foundation and everything yep. and then they go two okay. feet over mm-hmm, and now right. they've just lost everything now they're going under
2: mm-hmm and the other thing that I thought I would be very nervous to say anything if it were me, even in the United States, because I would be afraid that um, the U.S. military would want to bring me some democracy,
3: <laughs> for yeah, my inflict some peace on you. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. for my freedom.
1: Yeah, I'm I so hear John Brennan has some free Security. time since his uh, c- since CNN ratings are down so low. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. I'm happy for this guy. I hope he's a good person. I hope he uses his, his, um, found luck to help people and, Ooh. um, to, you know, to do something good. But honestly, this is, I love this story. I love a win for the regular person. And of course I would love to find buried treasure. So yeah.
0: It's the X, ultimate excitement.
1: Yeah. X marks the spot. Definitely.
0: Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Really interesting story. And uh, I, hope need- to, I hope to hear more about it later. I'm gonna have to check out that video. Cause I didn't know that existed.
2: Yes, I will um, put that link in there right now.
1: We need to go up to Ashley's property and do a bunch of X's all around the house and like do like little things like maybe a quarter here or like, you know, a prop antique lighter in one of them. And then she'll just have like a whole a whole week with it.
0: So we're supposed to go up there and, and just do drugs the whole time. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. No, okay. I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm glad you know. I'm glad you got that 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 message.
2: <laughs> what right. we're going to do is um metal detect.
0: I was yeah. just gonna
3: say I'd like to buy some stocks in the metal detection industry.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, right all, those, all the can especially in Kentucky right now, all the stores are gonna be selling out.
1: You see every now and then there's like the um diamond parks where people go out and find like these massive diamonds.
2: There yes. is a, a legal one um, or like a one that every person can do in um, I, Arkansas. I'm pretty sure.
0: Arkansas and Hot Springs, Arkansas. They have a, a, I've been there. It's a, it's just a big field and you just find a spot and start digging.
2: Sweet. So did you find anything?
1: No, nope. well, he's here. He's here with us.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> no, I didn't find any, any diamonds.
1: Oh, so you didn't, but, you didn't make it rich. Okay. But,
0: but, no. but of course but you have
3: you, to pay to go and dig a hole, I'd assume.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, they uh, you, know I, think I think
1: it's <laughs> like a state park.
0: Well, I don't, I'm not sure when I was there, I was a kid. My, my grandparents used to live in hot Springs and it, it was more, I mean, it was, I don't think it was a state park. It was just kind of a, you know, somebody's private business going on. Maybe it had a state designation or something, but you know, you go in there and you go into the, the, the shop up at the, by the street and they've got pictures of people past winners because they've got a big, <laughs> you know, a big, yep, just pose, you
3: know, diamond holding it, in their yeah. hands. Oh, it's and... a small. yep. It's, yeah, it
1: looks yeah. an interactive lottery. Yeah, yeah if so you can't if make just...
3: money out of your own discovery, you should make money out of people who
0: want to make discoveries. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of a silly concept because really, you're just, it's just dirt. They just have a big field back behind there and it's just dirt.
1: Well, it's kinda of like you it. go up to Deloniga and pay them some money to go pan gold in a river. Yeah,
0: exactly. And the, the dirt they give you up there is I don't think that's from Deloniga. It's just not real the, dirt. No. It's sandy no, I mean, and China. Yeah.
2: So I did talk to someone at a Renaissance fair once who, you know, the the person like with the gems and like the geodes that you can break in half and stuff like that which is uh i always have liked that stuff ever since i was a kid and there's a place in western north carolina called hidden night gem mine and you can go there and you know do like what is it called is it sleuthing whatever
0: uh, pan- panning. uh panning panning, panning. panning, panning. okay so you're panning looking slush
2: it's it's not gold in this case, it's um Hidnight. The, the the stone Hidnight and they call it hit it's in Hidnight North Carolina, Hidnight mine or whatever. So I was talking to this guy about that and um, he was like, Yeah, that's all salted. They they do all that stuff there. So that was a bummer because that was one of those things that I had kind of held on to from childhood and we had gone there on a field trip and I thought it was so cool. I really enjoyed it. And then I get there and that guy's like, no, that's, that's
0: <laughs> BS. Yeah. I mean, there, there really was a gold rush in Dahlonega up in North Georgia. And a lot of, there was a um, a mint. Uh, well, I don't know if there was a mint ever established there, but they used the gold from Dahlonega to, uh, to mint coins in the United States. And that was A few decades i think before the 1869 gold rush out in california uh so yeah
2: so so, those coins must be quite rare it's extremely Mm -hmm. fascinating
1: now the only gold rush in dahlonega is selling field kids on field trips five cents of gold in a water bottle for (laughs) fifty dollars
0: yeah you you go up there it's kind of fun because they have these places on the side of the road and you I don't remember how much it is. It's not that expensive, but they'll give you a bag of dirt. And it's it's pre-packed with stuff. Little of you know,
1: different things.
0: Well, yeah, you'll find little gems and minerals and stuff in there that are kind of neat to look at. And and they but they've got these big um uh, wooden I don't know, sleuths, sluosh, sluice tables, maybe is what you call it. But the water's running down from one trough to the next. And then yep. you just find a spot, and you can sit there and kind of pan in the the running water, and you know it's kind of neat. Get your kid up there and give him something yeah. to do.
2: It's fun. I it's love fun. stuff like that.
1: what yeah. would be way. Have you guys seen Alaska the show on Discovery Channel where they like look for gold in the Bering Sea?
0: In the Bering Sea, I haven't seen. Or that. whatever
1: sea it like. It's off one of the coasts of Alaska like some like the people with big money they go out there with like industrial sized um excavators yeah like excavators but like equipment to like separate shift all the dirt from the gold and
0: oh yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah but they'll have an excavator on basically like a, a raft and it's just like rowing itself out there using it it's a good show <laughs> I I think you guys would would like it
0: is that called Alaskan gold by any chance?
1: I don't think so. I think that's a different show, but it's along the, it's like the same network and everything.
0: Also, if you're interested in watching people pan for gold, uh, in the movie, uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is an awesome movie all the way through. Um, there, there's a segment about an old, uh, old timer pan or a gold uh, guy pan, panning for gold, guy, whatever you call it, a 69er, whatever you call him. Um, but yeah, he has a 49er, 49ers. Get your head 69. out of the
2: butter. <laughs> 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 this
3: is a family show. <laughs> Since when? Oh, <laughs> wildly God, inappropriate.
2: Great.
3: Uh, you guys might enjoy Aussie Gold Hunters, it's a Australian television show, uh, about gold prospectors and mm. it's very Aussie and it gets, gives you cool. a few um gives you a little bit of um insight about the outback and the conditions and all that people cool. really love put their it. lives on the line
1: i love and, black Sabbath. and bearing sea gold was the name of the show i was talking about it's a good show bearing Gold. i mean there's okay. like 16 seasons
2: and what was the one that you were talking about kill the show i'm sorry i interrupted you i i
0: Um, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, Oh, that was terrible on Netflix. Dude, that is an awesome movie.
1: I feel like it was terrible.
0: Coen Brothers greatness.
1: Who's, Who's the guy that who's the lead?
0: Well, there's like five many like segments or four many segments in that show. It's not one big, long narrative. Who's,
1: who's like, Buster Scruggs?
0: Oh, who was that guy's name?
2: While Kill's thinking about that, Stella, what was the show you were talking about?
0: Aussie Gold Hunters.
3: It's okay. a series.
2: And then Kiel... I don't know if you guys what, can watch it. We probably can stream it somewhere. I'm sure
3: you'll be able to find it somewhere on some illegal yeah. site.
2: <laughs> what?
0: Just, we do nothing oh, illegal on this show.
1: Sorry. Uh, but if you need a link, just DM me. <laughs> Edit Kiel,
2: but yeah. while you're talking about Buster Scruggs, you're talking about the 69er, and nice. what was the point of that though?
3: Oh, nice, nice timing. You <laughs> <laughs> got out of that one.
1: <laughs> Kill you froze because seven eight nine. He
2: froze.
0: He uh, his- okay, I'm back. Um, oh, yeah. Tim Blake is the guy's name. Okay, but Buster.
2: I interrupted you about the story you were telling about the 69er. That's actually the 49er in relation to Buster Scruggs. My apologies. Please continue.
0: Well, there was not really much else to tell. It's just he he goes and he pans for gold, and there's like he has this kind of system that I don't know. I I'd, I'd never seen before seeing the movie, but it was probably how they did it back then. Oh, and it's a it's a I don't know, it's a good movie. So. You should go watch it regardless, but uh, that little scene is related to gold panning.
2: Okay, I have seen that actually, and I kind of recall that scene sort of, but it's been a long time, so it's it would be worth revisiting.
0: It's and, a, it's a what, Western, by the way.
3: Just, so just while could, we're on the, on the subject of, of panning, I highly recommend it because I've done it a couple of times, and I have to say, it was one of the most therapeutic things I could possibly do. I, I love nothing more than having my feet in a natural beautiful river and looking for even just looking for nice stones mm-hmm. you know, it's just yeah. such a such an awesome thing to do you really feel i mean there's the sound of the water you've been grounded you're in a beautiful setting it's quiet and you're just fully focused and fully in the moment of there's just nothing else there it's just you and nature it's unreal
0: so i highly recommend you it. you and nature and the water moccasins that uh, <laughs> bite your ankles and
2: the outback. <laughs> oh, but I, I, I do agree with you Stella it feels very childlike I mean it's just full of possibility yeah. It's just really it's innocent so, yeah it's
1: beautiful agree this is beautiful man if only there was air <laughs> totally conditioning man. outside
0: all right well let's let's move from this uh smelly hippie commune and <laughs> i not opportunity from here. being uh, more productive. Stella, I think you have a story from Down Under. Tassie.
2: Yes,
3: Down Under, Down Under, actually. It's in Tasmania, this story. Um, and it's also in the wilderness, but not quite so therapeutic. So uh, there has been another missing Tasmanian tourist. This has only just come on my radar, but it happened ooh, about two, three weeks ago, um, which I find interesting because she's not the first, but I'll tell you about her first. So she was a uh, 31-year-old Belgian tourist. Her name is Celine Kremer, C-R-E-M-E-R. Um, she was last seen on June the 17th, like physically seen in, in a little town called Waratah, which is up the very northwest of uh, Tasmania, northwest corner. It's about 250 k's west of Launceston, which is the main city, in Tassie, apart from Hobart. Anyway, her car had been found in a car park. She, she'd sort of gone off the radar because she was supposed to get on the um, uh, Abel Tasman, I think it's still called, the um, basically the ship that you can put cars on and it goes from Tassie to the mainland. That's what we call Australia, the mainland when you're in Tassie. Um, so she was meant to be on that uh, trip, but she never turned up. So uh, that put the radar up. Um, her, her car wasn't actually really found until about a week after she supposedly gone missing. Uh, so she was, um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a silly thing to do really for, she was a very attractive girl. Like she was 31, attractive blonde on her own, not a brilliant idea. Um, this place is called Philosopher Falls Trail where her, where her car was found. So she, it's about a 2.6 K return trek to a waterfall. Um, I mean, like I've been in some of these remote places in Tassie and they are, Really, really remote, like mm-hmm. really remote. you've gotta let someone know if you're if you're on your own, just it's just sheer stupidity not to anyway, um, she was not equipped for she was not an experienced um, bushwalker, and she wasn't mm-hmm. she was only lightly equipped, you know, like for a, a quick day trip sort of thing or even just a couple of hours. Um, but she just disappeared. she vanished, and uh, there there has been a search for her, um which I believe has now been suspended because the conditions there um most of the nights are you know zero or below and even during the day at the moment it's only sort of six to nine degrees celsius i'm sorry i didn't look that up what would that be yeah it's 30 years i don't know something around 45 degrees fahrenheit or something like that maybe someone could look
2: um, that up. I'll, I'll look that up so
3: okay thank you um yeah so experts say that's basically unsurvivable conditions after a couple of weeks and the thing is the terrain is just like it's thick forest bush Um, it's been raining the conditions have been bad it's been very cold Uh, a lot of cloud and fog and mist so that has hampered any aerial uh, searching or they've been using drones as well very steep um, very difficult to search in Um, what worries me a little bit here because it could be just an innocent you know, somebody went missing and maybe they fell or something like that and they just haven't been able to find them. And, you know, I don't know how much would be left of a body in how much time because we do have Tasmanian devils here. And I believe they will eat the bones and everything. So there'll be nothing. Oh,
1: Do dingoes um, eat bones? Sorry to cut you off.
3: No, sorry, man. I'm blabbing on. What What did you say?
1: Do dingoes eat bones too or is that just Tasmanian devils?
3: I don't think they would crush the bones up and consume them like a devil would. And I don't think the dingoes in Tassie. I'm pretty sure there's not. That's more of a mainland outbacky animal. Um, There has been talk about a fox being, uh, several, a couple of foxes that have been uh, viewed, spotted in Tasmania, but that's very controversial. Anyway, uh, yeah, so she's, the thing that bothers me a little bit is that she was apparently um, living here for six, uh, living in Tasmania for six months before this happened. Um, so it was a it was a, a slow sort of journey. She'd been around um, Hobart and different places, and she'd been posting photos of her travels to social media. Mm. That's the bit that is sort of like mm. nah, you should probably wait till you get home to do that, especially in a place like Tasmania. Yeah. So the search has been suspended now. Um, pretty sad, really, because you know you look at you look at other searches of really famous people and you know massive efforts and everything, and this is sort of like. What can you do? 69 degrees Celsius to Fahrenheit. Oh, no, it's six, six degrees. Oh nine okay. degrees. Six to nine degrees. Sorry, that was my oh, okay, Aussie okay. accent.
1: Gotcha. I think she just had 69 on the mind. I think she knows. <laughs> uh, Freudian, so. I
2: think that killed does. To nine. <laughs> so that's 42.8 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's chilly.
3: Yeah. So that's during the day.
2: Oh, no, that's cold cool. at night for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's not that far from Antarctica. We've had a lot of southerly Antarctic winds, too, in this sort of wow. time. So, man, poor man, it's just so cold. Um, anyone want to say anything to this point? Because I have a little bit more to add.
2: I, I okay. do. I, I do have a question, and um, you may be getting to it, but my question is, do they think that someone is doing this, or do you think that it is just an unfortunate happenstance of somebody that got in over their head and was ill-prepared?
3: I think at this stage there has been no suspicious circumstances. Okay. Um, there was a, they were appealing to the public. If there was any bushwalkers that saw anything, there was a fella that came forward not that long ago and just, uh, I don't think he had much to offer in that. And they did assure the public that, um, he wasn't in trouble or anything. He was just assisting. So
2: Right. Okay. And mm-hmm. one quick thing I did want to add too, is that we do have that happen a lot here in the States. Like you have hikers that go missing because mm. we have on the East coast, the Appalachian trail. So sometimes people will be hiking, they get in over their head or something fishy happens or over, I forget what the hiking trail is on the West coast. The lady wrote a book about it. I can't think of it right now. But anyway, that does happen. And then also a lot of stories about people getting stuck in the desert um, out west, getting in over their head and not being able to make it out.
1: Death Valley.
0: Yes.
3: Yeah, I think people grossly underestimate
0: nature. (laughs) I think, here's my theory, the guys that staged the extinction of the... uh, um, I just lost my. The Nine Thylacine. Years. No. The Tasmanian thylacine, tiger. Yeah, the Thylacine. Thylacine. Uh, yeah. Have finally, re, they've been, you know, repopulating them in secret and now they've released them back onto the, uh, Tasmania. Interesting
3: theory. I, I wish that was true. Not for her sake, but for the Thylacine's sake.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, I just learned Tasmania is an island. Uh,
0: I, I think the book that you mentioned, Ashley, was made into a movie starring Reese Witherspoon
2: correct it was and what was the hiking what was the name of that book
0: i don't remember but i did watch the movie because she's naked in it
2: i read the book it was pretty good oh it was wild that was it
3: there you go that's a sure way to get a male audience it's very
2: pacific crest trail but anyway back to uh, what stella is saying
3: pacific crest trail right okay that's the one on the west coast you were trying to think of mm-hmm. right gotcha Uh, So, okay, okay. so there's this, I mean, it could be completely innocent, Um, probably is. It is a very wild place down there. Uh, But 30 years ago, this year is the 30th anniversary of a young lady, Nancy Grunewald, who was a German tourist. I was living there at the time, Uh, 26 year old. She was March 12th, 1993. She went missing mysteriously. And not a trace has ever been found. Now this was on
0: the East coast, very near where I used to live. Um, It was sounded kind of proud there, Stella. (laughs) Nobody found a trace of her, huh? Mm -mm. Um, So yeah, she was, she
3: was just touring around by herself again. Um, She had hired a push bike with, uh, they have like, you know, sort of bags attached to them, saddlebag type things. Um, So it was a mountain bike and she had gone through, she had been seen going through Scamander, which is a little bit south of where I was and about five Ks south of Scamander, she was heading down the coast. That's uh, seems to be where she vanished, just never seen again. And the police, the police theory to date is that it could possibly be a murder or it could possibly be someone actually accidentally hit her by a car and then they went, oh, crap, and hid the evidence. So Mm -hmm. they would have had... It's a pretty remote place. Um, It could be a little while before a car goes by. You know, who knows? Um, Just depends. Uh, So Detective Inspector Fox um, has come forward and uh, they're kind of renewing... They'd had a tip-off with some new information, so that kind of reopened this investigation, but apparently nothing had been found. This tip-off was from old information. That somebody had seen possibly some human bones in the late '90s, and they've only just come forward with it, which I think is a bit weird. Uh, they've also increased the reward from thirty thousand dollars for any information or that leads to recovery. They've they've increased it from thirty k up to five hundred thousand dollars.
2: Whoa! Yeah,
3: that's a lot. Okay, so that's Nancy. That happened in March, nineteen ninety three. That same year, it was horrific. That same year, in July 1993, uh, no, hang on, I got this wrong. I'm sure it was the same year. I've written 1995, but I'm sure it was 1993. Victoria Cafaso, 20 years old, an Italian-English lady, dual citizenship tourist, had come to Tasmania um, to visit her cousin that she'd only met a couple of times in her life. Funnily enough, I met that guy about two weeks before this happened. Wow.
1: Um,
3: anyway, uh, nothing sus about him. Let me just add that immediately. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a really lovely guy, and I believe he has been completely discounted from any suspicion. So he was just the cousin that, where she was staying at the house. Uh, now, she went for a walk on the beach, on Beaumaris Beach, um, about 10 o'clock in the morning. She was just sunbaking, and a few hours later, Her severely stabbed 17 times body was found um, pretty much naked. Oh, she just had a top on um, in in the waves. Uh, The lady that found her, Margaret McIntyre, she was a mother of a friend of mine, actually, uh, she discovered the body. You can imagine how horrific that was for her. Um, And sadly, it was not handled very well. I mean, we're talking (laughs) Tasmanian police. It's not like they're dealing with these sort of things every day so
2: right there's only a
3: certain amount of you know training i suppose for this kind of thing but the the crime scene
2: out of their league situation
3: pretty much yeah yeah um especially like initially and of course being on a beach you're you're fighting against the tide coming in and i mean the body was moved by the crew who shouldn't have done that but i think the tide had been coming in or something so they kind of had to and so by then you know any kind of, if she was raped or anything, that was going to be pretty much hard to find. Um, But yeah, so nobody was ever, ever convicted of that. There was a lot of suspicion at the time. It was an awful, awful feeling. Um, The day that it happened or the, you know, within a week or so after, as local people, I mean, there was 2000 in, in the town that I was in. It's not very populated. And of course, everybody's looking at everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. like, was it you? Was it you? Uh, Just in your mind, not openly accusing, but it's just like, you suddenly look at everyone in a completely different light because it's like, is this somebody that I know? Holy crap, you know? Um, So there was some very suspicious characters around at the time, including a doctor, um, which I'd I'd actually like to do a a show on this at some point with a bit more info. But Mm -hmm. um, So basically, long story short, nobody was ever found uh, with Victoria. She, there was some, um, strange connections with her father who was in, um, politics in Rome, in some sort of governmental position. And there was some talk about whether this was some kind of a revenge killing or something like that, which kind of an odd place to do it. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it was broad daylight, you know, it was about 11 o'clock and 1130 in the morning, um, on a beach that, you know, there's a highway right next to it. There's a little bit of a rise, so you can't actually see the beach from the road. But it was alleged that, you know, 50 people or so had visited the beach on that day and nobody had seen any anything um, except for one lady, Hilda. I also know her. Uh, she walked the beach every day and she was actually approached by a dude and it was all very, it definitely put her on edge. Um, and that mm. was before this happened. And people, some people are wondering whether the, this person who approached Hilda might have possibly thought that Victoria Kafasa was Hilda. So that was that theory as well. Um, yeah. So there's some strange, mysterious disappearances and this is just
2: another one. That's a real, um, you know, like a true crime situation, very bizarre. Mm -hmm. And especially in an area that, well, like you said, broad daylight for the older one, um, highly unusual
3: yeah for someone to be stabbing someone you know that frantically and that many times on a beach in broad daylight and no one saw a thing it's just I mean they are remote beaches it's not you could go to a beach and have the whole beach to yourself if you're you know down there on a certain day except maybe there might be a couple of surfers out but they're not looking at anything but they're waves you know Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah lots of remote beaches so um yeah
1: Do you know if they did like a drug screening on her or anything after they found her?
3: I don't know about a drug screening. No, I don't know that information.
1: This is usually when I hear heinous shit like that. I usually think like some drug thing gone gone wrong.
3: They okay? They said there was um. I thought you meant that she might have been drugged. Did you mean?
1: Oh no, I meant like you know they were like a drug deal. Gone bad.
3: Oh, okay. Um, I don't. There was no mention of drugs at all in connection with this. Um, she put up a massive, massive fight too. So she was well and truly. She knew what was going on. She tried yeah. to fight this offender off. Um, but yeah, there was a couple of people that were accused, and you can only imagine how much that would have screwed up their lives because yes. not only them, but their children at school were being bullied. And all you know, horrendous, horrendous situation. Oh, yeah. But small town,
2: you know. And the, mm-hmm. But this was the one that happened 30 years ago, right?
3: Yes. yes and so
2: the one, one the who world. has gone missing recently, her yep. body has not been found. Is that that's correct, right?
3: Not a trace. There has been no clothes. There has been no nothing. Uh, the last ping of her phone came on the 20th of June, I believe it was, and her car wasn't found until the 26th. So it's quite possible she'd been missing for a good week or so before there was any kind of notification about gotcha. her being missing. Yeah.
2: So who really knows? It could have, it could be a murder, but it could also be like what you were saying, just.
3: Yeah. Under just yeah. the
2: conditions. Yeah.
3: I mean, it is like, as I said, it's very thick, steep terrain. So it's, it's possible, you know, I mean she could have rolled down a hill and landed under a log or something and they've just missed her. It's possible. But, um, I was just throwing in the other two because it's just yet another mysterious disappearance of a tourist.
1: And you were just telling people to go outside. Now (laughs) Now you're outside, you're going to get stabbed to death.
0: Yeah.
3: Take someone with you. (laughs)
1: Preferably not a murderer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I didn't want to make light of the subject, but now that that's already been breached, uh, you know, to all of our uh, serial killer listeners, you know, Sounds like cool. Tasmania is a pretty good place to to visit. Mm, congregate.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just thinking the whole time, like, so we started this out with there are animals that will eat you and your bones, and people <laughs> still choose to go there.
3: I'm not even going to mention the drop bears.
1: It, drop bears.
3: Oh, <laughs> did I just mention drop base? You did. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be careful. I mean, that goes without saying, you gotta be careful of them, but everyone already knows about them, so. I,
2: do, I literally don't, I do not know what you're talking about. Drop bears? They're... Oh, yeah,
3: they hang in the trees and they, like, you walk under them, you don't know they're there. You can, if you're really good at it, you can smell them, but you don't know they're there. And you'll be walking along and they'll just drop out of a tree and scratch your face off.
2: And you're not talking about a koala, are you?
3: No, no, no. But they're similar ish looking, but they're definitely, you can tell the difference. Okay.
1: I can't imagine going outside in Australia and not have, like, a 12-gauge shotgun (laughs) or, like, uh, a 50 BMG. Like, something...
2: Something heavy-duty artillery. Yeah,
1: Yeah. because I don't care about the people. Fucking bears that drop out of trees and rip your face off. Drop bears. Give me a goddamn (laughs) flamethrower.
3: Resurrected thylacines.
1: Oh my goodness. Tasmanian yeah. devils are
3: really freaky because they sound like a baby crying at night. <clears throat> so it's like you hear in the distance in the bush where it's just black and there's nothing. You just hear what sounds like babies crying.
0: It's really yeah. it's freaky. creepy. Yeah. Foxes will sound like that too. The yeah, we're only gonna... thing
2: I can think of, the only sound that I know of a Tasmanian devil is the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs>
3: yeah. only when they're eating. Actually they do sound a little bit like that when they're yeah. um, playing or fighting.
2: I'm gonna have to go look all of that up now.
3: Yep. Oh, I highly recommend it. They're very um they're lovely creatures. I've I've held one.
1: Oh, that's adorable. Really I mean, sweet. <laughs> you can go to fucking Joe Exotics and hold a lion cub and I'm sure that's cute and cuddly, but give it a couple yeah. years and it's gonna rip your throat.
0: Yeah, you'll end up eventually have to end up shooting it in the head with a machine gun.
2: So wait, are you messing with me about, okay, about they're the like,
0: They're like the smaller tree-bound Sasquatches of Australia.
3: I'm sorry, I'm Australian. I have to keep this going. It's my duty. <laughs> As an Australian. Damn it,
2: people! <laughs> <laughs> i looked it up and it's like it's a hoax it's it's a koala hey, no,
0: it's that's what it says on wikipedia that it's a hoax yeah they're oh, lying
1: yeah. They're real. when have you ever it's trusted propaganda. wikipedia before
2: i don't trust wikipedia it's not even you just when do you trust kill kill says that i looked at wikipedia but you don't know what i looked at
3: <laughs> yeah well Australia's is a nicely kept secret we like to uh keep it to ourselves a little bit so Beware all right. of all the things that scratch your face off here. I've got an, some of them are uh, in politics.
0: Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Most
2: those are the real bad guys.
0: Yep. Okay. My story. Uh noted pinnacle of masculinity, Dylan Mulvaney, has <laughs> fled south for the summer. Oh. Apparently, I, I really don't know what this person's uh preferred pronouns are. So I'll just well, say uh, Dylan Mulvaney instead. But Dylan Mulvaney, fearing for Dylan Mulvaney's well-being, has actually (laughs) moved to Peru in order to avoid all of this backlash that has happened over the past year over the Bud Light. Super
1: missed opportunity not going to your gay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that is Dylan Mulvaney's stop. We don't know.
1: It's right down the street.
0: Yep. So good for Dylan Mulvaney getting out there, catching the sun rays or whatever they have in Peru.
2: Right. Because he he allegedly does not feel safe in the United States.
0: Correct. She,
2: Which she, I feel, I mean, confused. that it may be. So apparently Dylan Mulvaney has gone to Peru because he didn't feel safe in the United States anymore. Um, what did you say? Paraguay.
0: Peru. Peru. Peru.
2: Okay, that's what I thought. Um, and now he also has a shaman, and he hung out
1: with a llama. And, <laughs> and, I, uh, I believe, if we're getting it technical, I do believe there's an alpaca.
0: Oh, mm, alpaca. Well, there is a quote. Let me see if I can find it.
2: Uh, and while Kill is looking, I was going to tell Stella that uh, that was posted on Twitter today of him petting a llama and justin's like oh i hope that's all he's doing with that llama alpaca Excuse that me. was kind of it's a fucking
1: <laughs> what how could i not expect this person to be a uh, degenerate fair i'm trying
3: to think why peru was on my radar recently there was something about it mm, uh,
2: interesting
1: I'm not Sure, if it was
3: whether there was malaria or something don't quote me on that i could be wrong yeah. but there was something
0: Anyway. uh yeah put a pin in that because I think i remember that story as well still yeah, yeah here's the quote and i can't I don't know what Dylan Mulvaney sounds like so I can't do a impression but uh Dylan Mulvaney says i've seen a lot of llamas the people here are so kind I feel very safe it's a little sad i had to leave my country to feel safe but that will get better eventually
1: so taken out of context with just that sentence it sounds like he's calling the people of peru llamas
0: quite possibly.
3: <laughs> um try try just being a bloke, Dylan, then you'll be right. <laughs> right.
1: I
0: I came here to feel something and I definitely have. Salama. <laughs> I have thank, done Thank you,
1: Stella. <laughs> I
0: in. have done shaman ceremonies that were like 10 years worth of therapy. It was wild.
1: So I wonder if she went with the traditional Peruvian well, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of different shamans, but the one I link to Peru, at least, is they take a mixture of tobacco and perfume and turn it into a tincture. And then you snort the liquid up your nose before they'll give you any um, DMT. No, that was um, not DMT. That was uh, uh, a um, per- Peruvian torch um, cactus. Oh,
2: okay.
0: which,
1: so it's not ayahuasca? no. ayahuasca comes from the amazon i'm sure i'm yeah well i mean there's so many different things in the amazon that contain dimethyltryptamine that i'm sure you can find something in most countries
3: you can do ayahuasca things here in australia so i suppose they just export whatever the the thing is yeah or whatever it is
1: yeah it's just it's just like bkp root and um the dangerous part of it is if you take ayahuasca as a liquid you have to take it with a mao inhibitor and the mao is an enzyme in your stomach that breaks down toxins um so you have to take that or else the dmt will just break down in metabolism uh but just by the nature of the mao enzyme is that it breaks down toxins so you have to be really careful with your diet uh and they actually what's what's interesting about that is that they prescribe it for depression, and it's they seem to work really well, and I have a feeling it has more to do with the diet restrictions than anything. But I'm way off on a tangent here.
2: Yeah, Talk about change. nerds! He calls yeah. us nerds all the time.
1: Look, drugs <laughs> is my one subject. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got A pluses.
3: I guess it depends and, on the shaman, you know, if it's an authentic shaman or if it's like a commercialized shamans are us type of shaman.
2: Right. And I was going to tell Keel that Dylan sounds like a highly effeminate male. That's Yeah, what just
1: like. just do your impression of a guy trying to be like a uh, dumb ditzy broad from the 40s.
2: It's day 35 of being a girl. Oh.
1: <laughs> that was bad.
0: Uh-huh. on. How about so you said girl from the 30s, right? I believe um, so. It
1: might have been 40s. Let's
0: see. Yeah, uh, it, it had that thing going on
1: pre 19th pre 19th Amendment women.
0: I'm not even going to try. Uh, but uh, Dylan Mulvaney is uh, aggravated because the because Bud Light didn't support the trans movement more that they they did this they you know, did this, uh, stunt for Dylan Mulvaney, but then they didn't, they immediately, you know, backed off on it and didn't, you know, keep going and support the LGBTQ, whatever community.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah, That uh, wave is gone. They just yeah.
3: chewed it up and spatter it. But I
2: feel like they, <clears throat> they didn't like not support it either. I mean, they basically never really said we made a mistake and there's been of course a ton of hullabaloo about it and the you know, maybe these marketing executives were laid off or maybe they were fired or whatever, but they never really said, you know, we we shouldn't have done that because we alienated ninety-five percent of people who drink our beer. Well,
1: and I've I stopped following it once I realized that Bud Light is never going to be what it was like it's it's still dropping uh i just saw something today that uh in costco stores people are finding bud light with the costco star of death which is uh if you're a costco shopper you probably know that when there's a price tag on on something if they put a big like star on the label that means that if you want it get it now because this item is leaving and it's never coming back hmm And then you yeah, have but... the Bud Light guy basically, No, oh, think of all the employees that are going to get fired if you quit drinking beer.
3: This whole thing is just so designed, though, isn't it? I mean, all these corporations are being com- just just demolished on purpose. Yes. And, uh, you know, what a great way to do it is just put some... Well,
1: I don't know. I honestly don't think that they ever thought that they would have pushback back against trans. Well,
3: the only way that could possibly happen is if that whole company was run by trans people or something, which you know is quite possible. I think that's what's happened, isn't it? Is that's how they're getting away with all this stuff because uh, I mean, they're, they're they're employing these people that believe in this crap, so that's how the yeah. policies are being made. Yeah, so like it's, they, it's either that or, or it was by design. These corporations, I believe, are being pulled down.
1: I, I mean, may, maybe yes, maybe both, but I legitimately think that the people that are running these stores they they think that they are morally and intellectually correct and uh we're gonna do what we want and you shut up bigot and you sit back there and do what i tell you
3: okay well that just tells me they're morally and intellectually corrupt so there you go. oh yeah what do you expect
2: yeah. well most people now,
1: think that they aren't ours
2: now my thought so justin and i differ here on this one because i think it was done intentionally yeah. I think it's part of same the, with thing with Target. Yes. I think it's part of the demoralization campaign. I think it's part of the revelation of the method. I think it's part yeah. of the great reset. Because all of these people, I think you have their their puppets by the same puppet masters. Yep. Um, at least to a small Uh, maybe a small amount, but enough to hold heavy sway. And we know what their agenda is. So I definitely think this is to do with like ESG, um, to be getting paid off on the back end or benefit on the back end from like the BlackRock, the Vanguard, the World Economic Forum, all that stuff. I think they also know that the economy is getting ready to go off the cliff. So I -hmm. think it's intentional. But Justin and I think, you know, we're a little on different uh, spectrums
1: I mean I I'd agree with basically everything you just said. I but I would say that I don't think that these BlackRock people or I don't think that they ever thought that they would have a pushback like they had.
2: See, I think that they would have had to know. And I'll tell you why. Because they have been provoking and I don't even yeah, want to say the right because it what they are trying to do is that anyone who doesn't agree with this this small insane narrative is considered right wing extreme you know they're they're branding them that way and so i think it's part of provoking and demoralizing that group of people
1: well i mean i i i agree with you that they've been provoking right wingers for the last 40 years but here's the thing they've never gotten pushback so why would they think that now after four decades they're finally going to push back? Maybe. Yeah, I mean all this
3: stuff could be could be just testing the social temperature, you know. I mean they do want to destroy all these corporations, they do I mean it's still just still part of everything being swallowed up into one thing, right. isn't it? So yeah. um less less corporate outlets I suppose is more controllable. Um it's also right. yeah setting the setting the social mm-hmm. climate and the brainwashing and the only way this is working is because they own the media so that's reinforcing it all
2: yeah and the move to like you said the move to just centralize consolidate all the way yeah. up um mm-hmm. you know you get one beer choice or what I mean I'm not yeah. saying they can yeah. do that but...
3: there'll be one one supermarket to shop at and one this and one that exactly. and there won't even be any of that because it's all going to be online it's all going to be drone delivery you stay bloody home and we'll bring you stuff to you you just tell us yeah. what you want Consume, consume, that, consume.
2: Right. At least the goal of the fifteen minute city, the whole, all of that stuff. Um, I definitely think is is right on par with that. But I, I, I agree with Stella that it was a test balloon. But I really think that they knew. Um, but maybe they didn't. I don't know. It's
1: it's an interesting don't thought. Figure. I think Both there was probably some up that didn't it. know. Sorry, Justin. No, no, sorry. Go ahead.
3: I'm just repeating myself. I think there's probably some that are so brainwashed and have been placed the useful the, the useless idiots, you know, the useful idiots, sorry, where they've yeah. been placed into the um, situations uh, positions where they make the decisions, and you know, probably the marketing uh, departments. They're all they're all these brainwashed, you know, people that think they're doing the right thing, but they're not right. the ones at the top who do know what's happening and do know that it is just an agenda. That's my my take on it, and I think yeah. Well one
1: yeah, thing's really. for sure is that we need to prepare for the next right wing pushback and then whatever company does it we can swoop in and grift out on all, all the right wingers like the like the chocolate bar people or the yeah. ultra conservative beer. We gotta get our shit together.
2: Well, and so I think that these people are in a position to do that because I think they're owned by the same people. I think that... Um, I are you not- saying
1: that Ben Shapiro is owned by the Jews and Daily Wire are all part of the giant Zionist conspiracy theory?
2: I would not disagree if you were to tell me mm-hmm. that. I would not
1: disagree with that. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get us canceled. Yeah, I thought we were live.
2: But what, what I will say is that's exactly right i this is what i think is that you have all sides hurting people into a direction and the Mm -hmm. people that are being and allowing themselves to be hurted are not recognizing that tim pool ben shapiro jordan peterson and set russell all these people joe Tucker even. You know I love Tucker. But oh, yeah. <laughs> but they are moving things in the same direction. Yep. And I'll give you two examples of that. Jordan B. Peterson is calling for an end to online anonymity. He's saying that they are evil, trolls, narcissistic, psychopathic, and, and people ratio him every single time. I mean,
1: he's not wrong. That's besides the point.
2: Well, I think he is wrong because, um, of course there are some evil trolls out there and there's some, you know, but there's some angels out there. Shout out Dennis. Dennis is an angel of the internet. He's who we didn't know we need, but we needed. So that's part of that. But then the other part is that people, people make this point online that to him in his comments and they're like, look. You were saying all this stuff, but regular people, if you come out, like if someone works in a corporate job and that's how they support their family, if they have an unpopular take, then the the psychos online cannot wait to call and get them canceled and like get them to lose their job and all this crazy stuff. So that's one point um, where Jordan is basically towing the line with Klaus Schwab. We know that Elon's towing the line with Klaus Schwab. He wants universal basic income. You know, he supports the jabs, or at least he did. Now, apparently, he doesn't because he was vaccine injured. I don't buy it. And then we also have Tim Pool recently calling for digital ID. And it is slipped in there so subtly.
3: Pied pipers
2: that's exactly I what heard. i've
3: been talking about we all trust heard. these people and then all of a sudden uh everyone's kind of oh this guy's a good guy you know saying all the right things and then all these things just go over their head because they're they're sucked in by this cult of personality you know
2: yes no. because people think that temple has had an awakening and he's more mm-hmm. libertarian leaning or whatever but he was just online calling for youtube for and here's the thing it's the same old playbook it is to protect children that's what he said he said that Mm -hmm. you well you can't just go into a bar as a child you can't just go into an adult store as a child so why should you be able to view porn online as a child you need to have a basically a digital id or, or something to that effect was what his phrasing was and i was um i really hate that because it's the parent's responsibility it's not some regulator's responsibility to make sure. Obviously, I don't want kids seeing porn online, but where are the parents?
3: Yeah, but uh, as a parent, at the bar. It, well, even if they're in the next room, unless they're sitting there watching the screen of what their child is looking at, I mean, it's impossible. This this is, my heart fell when I, when the internet <laughs> came into the world, because I knew what was going to happen. Like, I knew that there was, this is going to destroy innocence and I still grieve for these children, these little children. And I'm not talking even about, you know, ones that have been trafficked. I'm just talking about your everyday little kid in every home who is now got access to stuff, you know, <laughs> we never had um, yeah. at such a young age. I mean, you've probably got four or five, six year olds looking at porn. It's just so normalizing in their, in their head. And this is where the pedophilia is going to have its power is because even for little kids, well, this stuff is normal apparently in their head because they've seen it from such a young age. So And even,
2: even if they don't, uh, I, I just think just the use of tablets for kids, super young kids, is yeah, not babysitter. good for them. So even if you take out the depravity element of it and you're just talking about the screen and the blue light and how you go from a generation who who never had a tablet as a child to kids who are given a tablet as like a one-year-old, and how damaging that is. Never mind what they're exposed to, but I I do go back to as a parent, it is going to be inconvenient. But I think you have to watch that stuff. Like you you have to, um, even if it makes you unpopular because of what because of the predators out there. It is literally it is a portal to people that could hurt them. Oh, um, absolutely. But then back to the 10 pool thing, an a online ID or online verification is not the answer. Government regulation to the internet is not the answer.
1: So can I play devil's advocate real quick for Jordan Peterson because I'm on some some thoughts. Sure. Um, and feel free to tell me if it's dumb, but I could see a oh, reason. Hold on.
0: Before you get to that, Justin, Jordan Peterson is that guy I want to make sure i got the right guy in my head. He's the guy that... uh Cold rules for life. Canadian psychologist. Yeah, okay,
1: okay. Yeah. Continue. But he... I, I could see a theory, uh, uh, theory being made that if you take everyone on Twitter that disagrees with the lunatic leftists and they aren't anonymous, then let's say they... 30 percent of those people lose their job well now you have millions of people that have pitchforks and are pissed the fuck off so maybe that's maybe that's the only way to get them to fight
2: i mean i maybe i don't think that my thing is that i don't think jordan peterson is a good guy i don't think he's on the side i mean we see who he's been hanging out with lately okay so he's not on the side of the regular person Yes. He's hanging out with Netanyahu. He's hanging out Mm. with daily wire crowd. Um, So I think that even if there happened to be a consequence of people waking up a little bit more, which I don't think would happen either, even if there were, it is not because he is trying to do us any favors. It's because he's working for the same people.
3: Yeah. Well, do you remember, um, it wasn't all that long ago. Oh, hello. It wasn't all that long ago that um, uh, I was talking on, I don't know if it was this show or another one, but, uh, about how all these people are sort of they kind of disappear for a couple of weeks and uh, under the guise yeah. of oh, he right. had COVID or she game had game. And, the... uh, sorry, and that's okay. Uh, yeah, I just that, that's probably their retraining, that's what I think uh, might possibly be happening there. I, I feel um, he's probably been retrained. I mean, somebody else yeah. said, did he, did he go to Russia, like he said, or
1: yeah, he went uh, somewhere well, somewhere, went...
3: ISL – Somewhere else.
1: <laughs> well, he supposedly went into a uh, chemical-induced coma to deal with his benzo addiction. It's, yeah. Um. Yeah. So maybe while he was there, they have like the hypnotizing, you know, cassette tape playing in his ear in his coma. And then comes back, and now he's
3: brainwashed. Hmm. I mean, I, I... He, he sucked me in. I I used to think he was a a really great guy and everything in the earlier days. Maybe he was. I don't know. But he, yes. he got me in a little bit. Not that I've ever been fully into him, but I just thought, oh, he's a good man. You know, all these and stuff it's like he obviously feels stuff
2: yeah. and, well he yeah. was making a lot of good points you know at first and he was he was being like a free speech advocate really because he had people at his college that he was teaching at that were trying to have him cancelled you know so he, he seemed like a good
3: guy yeah that yeah. was uh, good for for men that's what i thought he was good for young men but um, maybe not i, don't I think
1: know. He's, he still is mostly yeah
2: i i really don't I mean, I think, look, anytime you're hanging out with Netanyahu, absolutely not. And you have the yeah. audacity to call people an, who are anonymous online narcissists and um, psychopaths. Like, come on.
1: Mm. I mean, I've been a professional troll for nearly three decades. And, I mean, I don't find anything he said necessarily unfair. Um, I just don't agree with his outcome.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but and see, I, the, the, this
3: is this is what, they, they're all working in unison in the sense, you know, you've got Tim Pool saying this little bit, you've got Jordan Peterson saying this little bit, and like Ashley said, it's it's all herding into a way of thinking, a way of seeing the world by the cool. masses.
1: And I will say, there was recently an article came out that said, uh, it's like 50-50 Republicans are moving to red states and Democrats are moving to blue states, which I really love.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that would be not a bad thing. Um, but I and it's not that everything that Tim Pool says or even Jordan Peterson says is bad necessarily. I just think that you have to see, especially with this, that they are they're working the Klaus Schwab agenda. It's all the same. Yep. 100%. I mean Klaus Schwab doesn't want you to be able to be anonymous online. Because they want to be able to track and trace everything you do and say, and they want to be able to hold it against you because they want to be able to, you know, hold you accountable for a thought crime. Well, or eventually having... it's
3: going to be just to get onto the internet. It's going to be what there has been talk about just to just to get onto the internet. It's going, you know, yeah. like retina scans and all that kind of thing, which you yeah. know probably a little bit further down the line. But who knows? They could bring right. it in at any point.
2: Yep, and then you have people that a lot of the, quote, right-wing or conservative or the more red-pilled people are supporting, um, and they're they're saying the same thing. They're supporting that same agenda, so.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, Keel, do you have anything more about your Dylan story?
0: Nope, that was all done. Did we get to Justin's? Quite enough. <laughs> no, Is not yet.
1: Oh. Justin, you got something? So, uh, I know we're running a little late, so I'm going to change uh, my story here um, to eco activists in Germany used a concrete and epoxy mixture to glue their hands to the asphalt in protest. Tragically, the consequences may require potential amputation of their hands. Oh, nice. Oh, my
3: gosh. Yuck.
1: So, yeah, then, that's very know, foolish. Uh, our friend, PP uh, Steve, pointed out. That now they're gonna qualify for disability and will have nothing better to do than protest a non-existent enemy. Mm. PP Steve,
3: are you talking about locals?
1: Uh yeah, I think he's on the locals, the prop report locals.
3: Hey PP Steve, shout out. Mm. I've to you for ages.
1: Yeah, he used to be he used to be I'm pretty sure he still is on our Discord, but um not very active.
3: As PP Steve?
1: Um on Discord. Uh, yeah, yeah I think he is his handle. Yeah, I think he is PP Steve. I could be wrong though now that um I haven't uh, seen Discord changed everything.
3: Hey. But
1: um I do have a quick video. <laughs> <Please emoji face. laughs> I do have a quick video if I get this to work real quick. Can you guys see that?
2: Um. Okay, I think okay. I can add it to stream. There we okay,
1: It's oh, just cool. a quick 20-second long uh, video. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh. Yes.
0: What a bunch of dummies. Wow, for those of,
2: for those of you just... who are listening only, it is two females that are their hand is both in a one piece of of asphalt um and they're just standing up holding their their arm by their side connected by a piece of asphalt it's their hands
1: are literally encased in in cement it's very disturbing
2: did they not
3: think about this outcome at some point
1: nope no they did not
3: clearly not what okay People have lost the ability of forth the ability of forethought, haven't they? Yes, like thinking ahead. I've, I've noticed critical this a lot.
0: thinking skills have been lost.
2: Very, yeah. very. Uh, but the disturbing. whole forethought
3: thing, you know, like projecting yourself forward into this is the internal yep. dialogue thing, isn't it? That um, they've talked about lately. That has science science has found that uh, some people what is it up to seventy percent or something ridiculous, which I find very hard to believe. But some people just have no internal dialogue
1: um i do have to wonder about that though because yeah. i think that these people are just st- so stupid they don't understand the question
3: well i don't know it's hard to say because I've, i don't know
1: what's I what's, what's worse what it's like
3: not to have an internal dialogue but are they, let's let's hear from our fans our millions of fans out there can you contact us and let us know if you've got an internal dialogue or not
0: yeah. Ooh, yeah. No, that's a good one like being uh supreme dialectic internally
1: next time you stub your toe let us know what that internal dialogue was
2: yeah Mm. i truly cannot imagine that now i've heard that some people kind of process in a different way so although they're not necessarily like thinking in the with an internal dialogue they're still thinking and processing in other ways i don't know i can't imagine like my brain just doesn't stop so Mm. i i really cannot imagine
3: that yeah i uh, i'd love to know i don't know of anyone really that fits that description
2: i don't either
1: but maybe that's i I don't hang with
3: stupid people
1: (laughs) right yeah she says that she's hanging out with us
3: (laughs) i said i don't hang with stupid stupid's actually a strong word that that's not a word i should have used i don't hang with people who don't have some sort of internal dialogue i think
1: right Usually my internal dialogue is just You'll like, why the fuck did you do that? You idiot. Oh, yeah, and then Johnny. that's just constant. That just plays in a loop out of my head for two to three weeks before <laughs> the next thing comes along.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you, Ashley and Stella and Justin and Keelthor Thor for all of your stories and insights. Uh, Ashley, how can people get in touch with the union of the unknowns?
1: I'm when you're now. not here he quizzes me and I'm never ready for it.
0: He's, He's never glad he asked just stomped right over her res- her response there Justin what were you saying?
2: <laughs> I am saying that I'm glad that you asked because you can find all of our contact information on our website uniontheunknowns.com that includes, our Twitter handle, the Discord link to join us. We would love for you to join us on Discord, our email address, our phone number, all the things. Don't forget, we're also on Rockfin. You can join us there and you can get bonus content. Also, Kiel has set up. If you don't do Rockfin and you still want to have access to our bonus content, you can use the specialty RSS feed in order to do that. And you can get in touch with us on Twitter at union unknowns and um, yeah, we would love to hear from you and thanks to everyone that uh, does listen and support the show. We appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Awesome. Thank you everybody. Thank you listeners. We are the union of the unknown and we are out.
1: Bye. Night.
0: Love your guts. Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.